This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from the lion's den in Tallahassee. Remember that story about the judge who sentenced a Florida man to 10 days in jail, a year of probation, and 150 hours of community service just because he overslept and failed to show up for jury duty? We'll be talking to a state senator who has filed a formal complaint against the judge and believes he should be removed from office. School kids are facing more stress than ever these days, and it's getting so bad that one lawmaker wants them to be able to take a day off every semester for mental health reasons. Two other states have already passed similar laws. The head of the Florida Press Association is resigning next month, but he's not giving up on newspapers. Dean Ridings is going national. Today on Sunrise, we'll present the next installment of our continuing series on the little-known talents of Florida politicians. Turns out Senator Rob Bradley has a thing for color schemes and mascots of professional sport teams. We'll also check out our daily calendar of events and catch up on the new adventures of Florida Man, featuring a guy who tried to barbecue some sex offenders and a drug dealer who dressed up like a doctor to try to escape the law. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, October 10th. A South Florida judge who ordered a man to spend 10 days in jail because he overslept and missed jury duty is facing a formal complaint at the Judicial Qualifications Commission. It was filed by State Senator Bobby Powell, who claims Judge John Kastronakis singled out 21-year-old DeAndre Somerville of West Palm Beach and tried to make an example out of him solely because of his race. When I initially saw what happened is on Saturday, there was a news article that ran with regard to a 21-year-old man who was sentenced to 10 days in jail, uh, 150 hours of community service, a full year of probation for missing jury duty, for oversleeping. And I kind of caught wind of it in passing somewhat, but when I saw the article in the paper and I looked at the young man who was being uh, penalized, who was being, uh, who, who received all these charges, I've known this kid for almost a decade or at least a decade, and uh, just the crime, uh, the punishment, and I'm not going to say crime because I I, I really don't consider it a crime since he was not on trial for anything, but the punishment doesn't fit the mistake, and I think the judge's uh, movement was just excessive, so that is what kind of pushed us into filing the complaint. Um, Judge Kastanakis, as you know, of the 15th Judicial Circuit of Florida, he violated the code of judicial conduct. Now, in, in what way did he violate the code? Well, according to the Florida Code of Judicial Conduct, a judge shall perform judicial duties without bias or prejudice and shall not be swayed by partisan interest, public clamor, or fear of criticism. Judge, judge Kastronakis is his name. He acted in an unprecedented manner to unfairly punish DeAndre Somerville for missing jury duty. He singled him out as an example solely because of his race. And that's exactly what he said. Um, the judge, he later rescinded his original punishment after mounting public pressure. So after it came out in the media and after he was highly scrutinized, uh, Judge Kastronakis kind of pulled back and rescinded his initial complaint and filing. But DeAndre spent 10 days in jail, a kid who's never been in trouble ever, since 10 days in jail, that's just unheard of. I got you. What do you think is the appropriate punishment in this case? Because the JQC has a wide variety of options. What do I think is the appropriate punishment? Yeah. The JQC should uh, do a thorough investigation, and if they find that there's wrongdoing, and they find that Judge Kastanakis has, which I believe he has, uh, violated the Code of Judicial Conduct, 
then they should make a recommendation to the Supreme Court that he be removed. So you don't think reprimand is enough in this case? I don't think he thought reprimand was enough for DeAndre. DeAndre served 10 days in jail. While he was in jail, he witnessed beating. His cellmate had a seizure. Uh, he had trouble eating. During those 10 days that DeAndre was in jail, he worried about the health and welfare and well-being of his grandfather, who he's normally the caretaker for. But due to his imprisonment, he was unable to do that. I do suspect that Judge Kastanakis would not have rescinded his original ruling had the public not expressed their outrage at his action. I mean, this not only was a, a, a county or a local issue, this became national news, and then the judge rescinded his, his um, punishment. So also, the, the next thing is the judge claimed that DeAndre was fully rehabilitated. But I know DeAndre. I've known him for years. He did not need to be rehabilitated. I mean, he's an exemplary young man with no criminal history, and he deserves to be treated better than this. Uh, if anything, um, Judge Kastanakis needs to be rehabilitated. If the Qualifications Commission decides the judge should be disciplined, the final decision will be made by the Florida Supreme Court, which frankly has been cracking down on wayward judges in recent years. A state lawmaker from Tampa says school kids should get a mental health break. Florida politics reporter Janelle Irwin-Taylor says Representative Susan Valdez has filed House Bill 315, which would allow students to take off one mental health day each semester. A study by the Pew Research Center found that anxiety and depression are among the top problems teens notice in their peers as they grapple with school shootings, active shooter drills, and the usual stress of adolescence. There is precedence here. Utah and Oregon implemented new laws this year that make mental health part of the deal. In Oregon, students can take up to five days off for mental health purposes. The Utah law redefines excused absences to include mental ailments. After 22 years at the helm of the Florida Press Association, Dean Ridings is making a move. He's resigned to become CEO of a newly formed group known as America's Newspapers. The Press Association here in Florida lobbies lawmakers on behalf of 160 daily and weekly newspapers in the state, and their in-house ad firm provides about $40 million a year worth of ad services. Now, I've known Dean since he arrived here in Tallahassee. He was, in fact, my landlord at the Florida Press Center. The guy is relentlessly upbeat and optimistic, which, frankly, is a good trait for anyone working in the newspaper biz these days. Best of luck with a new gig, Dean. Next up on Sunrise, the latest installments of our ongoing series about the hidden talents of Florida politicians. Our subject today is State Senator Rob Bradley, a Republican from Fleming Island who chairs the all-powerful Appropriations Committee. That means he's the chief budget wonk in the Senate, but in real life, he gets wonky about sports, specifically uniforms. I am obsessed with sports uniforms and uh, and uh, sort of color schemes. I think the Oakland Raiders probably have the best look at the end of the day. Uh, th- that what they've done is timeless. Uh, I like when they do the silver numbers. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool look with the white jerseys and the silver numbers. The uh, powder blue San Diego Chargers, I think, are probably the best color scheme. I, I think that that they go really awry when they get afraid of color and they start to, when everything goes to the black and the grays, you, you know, that whole trend where there's, there's a, a uniform that has black instead of the basic, instead of the basic color, yeah. colors. Cause they want to look bad. Yeah. I mean, don't be afraid of a little pop in color. Worst uniform ever. Original Tampa Bay bucks. Not at all. No, not at all. Now the, um, I, I disagree. Okay. Um, he certainly was not a ferocious pilot, no. p- pirate, let's say. Yeah, but those orange, but, those orange uniforms were just... But I think they 
they were they were so bad they were good and they weren't afraid of color like we were talking about earlier they they did not shy away from uh from you know being uh something i mean this is supposed to be fun it's sports eye popping yeah eye popping is the word and so many of these like i i can't stand when everybody goes black and gray I mean, what are we going to a funeral we're here to celebrate it's like to get away from the dreariness of life. Isn't it awesome to see a powder blue uniform or somebody roll out with white shoes? And, you know, and I played sports when I was high school, so I was obsessive about this stuff when I played sports as well. And it's not just the uniforms that fascinate Senator Bradley. He spent a lot of time contemplating the mascots used by sports teams and ranks them on four different criteria. So I have this thing where I analyze the mascots of teams and what are the best mascots for a team. Okay. And what what should one use to judge this? And I would say ferocity is important. For instance, uh, gators are very ferocious, so I think that's a something that's in yeah, much yeah. better than a tree frog right. for example. Yeah. 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 Or a duck. Yeah. Or right. I think it's good to be indigenous to the area you represent. Okay. Like the Seminoles, Florida State, I think that's very helpful. Okay. That they're a part, you know, whereas a tiger can be anywhere. Auburn is not known for as a place where tigers roam. So I think that's a negative for them. You uh, see? Okay. So, yes. so we have indigenous, you have ferocity, and you have uniqueness. Okay. I like that. So, and, and that to me is how one judges whether a mascot is a good mascot or a bad mascot. Oh, and the fourth thing is it should be an actual thing. It shouldn't be a heat or magic. Or a corn husker. Well, that... I think that's a, a lotion. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what do you got? Something against Nebraska or something? Yeah, you don't like Nebraska. Well, you know, Nebraska's slogan is "Gateway to Colorado," so there's yeah, not a whole lot good point. going on there. Good point. I have a friend who's a huge Nebraska fan, and if not for that relationship, I would join you right now in piling on. But uh, you know, he may hear out of respect for my bud, yeah. my bro. I would not want to do that. So anyway, so there's sort of four things: in, indigenous, ferocity uniqueness and then it needs to be an actual person or animal or something that's tangible not just a concept senator bradley will have more time to contemplate uniforms and mascots because he's term limited and the 2020 legislative session will be his finale but there could be a brand new bradley in the very same senate seat next year his wife is running for the office but that's a story for another day On your political calendar today, the Board of Directors of Florida Healthy Kids Corp. meets at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando beginning at 9. The Florida Commission on Offender Review meets at the Manatee County Sheriff's Office in Bradenton, also at 9. The South Florida Water Management District Governing Board meets at 9 in West Palm Beach. The Suwannee River Water Management District Governing Board meets at the Cedar Key City Hall beginning at 9. The trustees at Gulf Coast State College meet at 10 in Panama City. The Florida Supreme Court issues its weekly opinions at 11. Congressman Michael Waltz speaks to the Tiger Bay Club of Volusia County at noon in Daytona Beach. The Tampa Tiger Bay Club holds a panel discussion about whether Florida should ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. That's happening at noon at the Doubletree near the airport. The Clay County Legislative Delegation meets at 2.30 in Green Coast Springs as they prep for the 2020 legislative session. The State Department of Education continues a listening tour about new academic standards for public schools. That's at 5.30 at the Alachua County Schools Office in Gainesville. State Representative Cindy Polo, a Democrat from Miramar, kicks off her re-election campaign at 7 tonight in Hialeah. And it's show-me-the-money time. Today is the deadline for Florida candidates, political committees, and political parties to file reports of their financial activities through the end of September. 
And time once again for the latest news about Florida Man, the never-ending saga of love, life, and losers. A Florida man has been jailed after police say he tried to burn some sex offenders, literally. 50-year-old Jorge Portillo Sierra confessed to the crime, telling investigators he went to the friendly village inn and motel in Kissimmee to, quote, barbecue all the child molesters on fire and kill them. Witnesses say he splashed gasoline on the door of one room, broke a window to pour gas in another, and did the same to a car in the parking lot. But lawmen arrived before he could carry out his threats. Porto Sierra is charged with four counts of attempted murder, and at least two of his victims were actually convicted sex offenders. And deputies in Okaloosa County say a Florida man who was arrested for selling drugs tried to escape by disguising himself as a doctor. After he was busted, 71-year-old James Jenkins Jr. of Fort Walton Beach complained of chest pains and was taken to a hospital in Crestview. As deputies waited on the discharge papers, Jenkins walked out wearing scrubs and a stethoscope, making a beeline for the exit. So along with the narcotics charge, he's now facing new charges of resisting arrest and escape. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg, reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics.